This is the rocker, Marty Jannetty, Rock and Roll and Strut and Strollin', and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. What's your answer, man? Are you going to be at WrestleMania? Right now, it's uh, it doesn't it's not looking great. Um, it, it doesn't look like the doctors are going to clear me in time for WrestleMania. You will not be at WrestleMania. Seth, you knew this day was coming. You knew damn well what you were getting into. Whether you want to call it selling out or buying in, you knew damn well what you were getting into right from the get-go. I made you the man. I made you the face of the WWE, the biggest superstar this place had seen in a long time. I made you the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and you held that championship up above your head, and you shoved it in everyone's face. I did that for you, Seth Rollins. I did everything, and I delivered on everything I ever said I would deliver for you, and then you bit the hand that feeds you. I used you up and spit you out, Seth. Look at me, not him. Look at me. I used you up and I spit you out. That's life. Man up. Get over it. The bender is, the bender was, and the bender ever will be. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. Oh my god! We are taking over. Drink it in, man. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. They think they got the answers. I change the questions. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. A-W-P, another wrestling podcast. Bottom boom, realest guys in the world, how you doing? All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 149. I'm Credo. I'm Angry Cooter. And I'm Minority Mike. And we're not just another recap show. We're another wrestling podcast. That's right, guys. Each and every week, you can find us on anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. And each and every week, we have a guest joining us in the studio. This week is no different because today, we have on one half of the Rockers, former IC champ, former tag champ, Marty Janetti is joining us today in the studio. Uh, he's going to be stopping by. Guys, I love Marty Janetti. Do you love Marty Janetti? Marty Janetti, he goes through the barbershop window and ends up on our podcast. Cannot <laughs> wait to hear what he has to say. He's one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met. I have a great Marty Janetti story. Like, oh, my God. You know how many times I've heard the story? <laughs> oh, shut up, Mike. Such a hater. All right, all right, go ahead. So the fans can hear it. <laughs> all right, so uh, I think it was at the uh, Sheik's Roast down in Jersey. It was right before the show, and I'm out in the parking lot smoking. And there he is just bullshitting on, on a cell phone. And went up to him, asked for a picture. He took a picture of me, and he goes, listen, I need a favor. Hands me the phone and says, Get this girl to come over to the hotel and give her directions. I'm like, what am I, as wingman over here? Seriously. So I'm, I'm on the phone with her. I'm telling her, oh, yeah, we're all having a great time. The bar is packed, blah, blah, blah. We're having a great time. 
And then, uh, you know, yeah, she's on her way, Marty. And handed him the phone. He goes, I have no idea whose phone that was. And he took it and he threw it in the garbage. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, the story does get funnier every time I hear it done. Like a lot. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Marty Gennetti. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get some good stories out of him today. So don't change that channel, guys. We're going to also be talking about uh, the road to WrestleMania. We're going to talk about another big match happening at WrestleMania. And something that we found out this week, it's its pretty much going to be happening. Seth Rollins versus Triple H. We'll talk about that in a little bit, so stay tuned. But, you know, guys, this week is Northeast Wrestling's WrestleFest. Uh, one of the biggest shows of the year for Northeast Wrestling. Uh, coming this Friday, guys. This Friday in Waterbury, Connecticut at the Crosby High School. Uh, Ryback's going to be there. The Great Khali, The Godfather. Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle. This will be Kurt Angle's last appearance before you see him again in the WWE. So uh, why not? I mean, it's a stacked stacked card for, for us. I mean, we're, we're all going to be there. It's going to be a great time. If you haven't got tickets yet, head over to northeastwrestling.com. Uh, join us, will you? We're going to be there Friday. What, what say you guys? I mean, this is—they always get the—they always get these kind of cards, and they always get guys who are going to WWE. I mean, last time uh, we saw Kevin Steen, his last appearance on an indie show before heading to the WWE. So there's always these guys luck out with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they got some good connections, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. I, I, Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle is just going to be a barn burner. I will definitely Did I just be do a building. really bad Jim Ross impression? <laughs> a barn burner, really? Barn burner. Wow. It's a slobber knocker. I will definitely be in the building for uh, the rubber match between Cody Rhodes and Kurt Angle. That's going to be a, a show stealer. Steel cage match, too, on top of that. So, uh, I mean, it's 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 great. It, it, we don't get these kind of shows uh, out of any other promotion around here except for Northeast Wrestling. So, guys, girls... Children of all ages, head on over to northeastwrestling.com. Tell them AWP sent you, uh, guys. But we have a huge week to talk about. A lot of things are happening. Let's get right into the week that was, shall we? Apparently, uh, there's a mass exodus happening, and uh, it's happening in TNA. Drew Galloway, Mike, and Maria Bennett, the Broken Hardys, they're gone out of TNA. Everybody's leaving, it, it seems. What's happening? TNA is happening. Oh. That's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, what what else can we say, man? That's like a sinking ship that's just like, unfortunately, it has more survivors than the Titanic right now. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I saw this coming. I mean, Drew Galloway's gone. Um, that probably will benefit him. I mean, their biggest act, the Hardys are gone, which we'll get into that in a little bit. And Mike and Maria Bennett, which I thought that Mike Bennett would have had a great career in TNA, but now he's gone. I mean, is he t NXT bound? Is he going to go back to Ring of Honor? Is he going to stay in the Indies? It's, it's just crazy what's going on with TNA right now. Oh, for Christ's sake. I mean, I remember the uh, same thing happened last year. They lost a, a, a bunch of big names. And, and it might have been even uh before last year, I remember when Styles left, and then we were getting James Storm over here in NXT for a little while. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that oh, left. Please, yeah, yeah. Joe. Oh God, Joe, I, there you go, Samoa Joe. Yeah, another good example. And he's been here what two years in NXT. So all these names are leaving. I'm like, why are they leaving? Because I feel like 
it's almost like they almost needed TNA just to have that bigger spotlight for them. And now they're just, I don't know, maybe the, the pay isn't good enough. And what, what's odd about this, and let me ask you guys, because what they do compared to what WWE does, they're not on the road, th- you know, 300 something days a year. They do a few tapings one week and then that's it. So it's probably the easiest schedule out of any company, yet they're leaving. There's something on the wall to me says, hey, WWE contacted us and they really want us, so we're leaving. That's the only thing I could think about, because out of that easiest schedule, why else would you leave? Maybe because of the money? I don't know. I think they watched the Stone Cold podcast with AJ when Austin asked AJ what was the difference between WWE and TNA, and AJ's response was catering. So maybe they, <laughs> maybe they heard that WWE has great catering, and they decide, you know what? I don't want to renew my contract. I want out. Oh, yeah. pretty, I mean, pretty soon they're going to be calling NXT NXTNA. Oh, yeah, kind of like what they did with ECW, WWECW. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so bad. But I mean, a lot of these guys that they're getting over there from TNA are having, they're getting that polish that they need that TNA's backstage people just could not give them. I mean, Eric Young, uh, he was probably a little bit more in TNA than he is in NXT right now. But, I mean, he's in a good direction. They got him, you know, as a leader of a stable. Look what we've done for Samoa Joe and the Bobby, Bobby Roode. Yeah, man. That's like oh when, when when Bobby Roode came over, it was like, eh, they got Bobby Roode. I was like, eh, whatever. But who would have thought that the WWE could throw some, throw some polish on him, give him a robe, and give him some great music, and boom, megastar. You know what I mean? Like, I would never have thought that Bobby Roode would have blown up the way he did just by coming to NXT. So it's the door is open, man. So I don't know. Uh, I guess they see what's happening. But I guess the biggest thing we should get into is the Hardys because that was pretty much TNA's one of the, big, one of the biggest draws. I mean, with all the final deletions and whatnot, they drew some of their highest ratings just with those shows on it. And, uh, Mike, maybe you could read uh, what happened too because Matt Hardy and a few others had some uh, a Twitter exchange. What happened with that? Yeah, Matt Hardy had a a couple of Twitter exchanges with a couple of guys. He had one with uh, Bray Wyatt. He had another one with DIY. And he also had one with Sasha Banks. And I found it very (laughs) interesting. Sasha Banks? Out of all people, Sasha Banks. Like, I mean, I, I tweet at her all the time. I don't get responses as much as I used to. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so so Hardy and um, Hardy and Bray Wyatt, they've had that Twitter exchange going back and forth for a while. And there was a tweet that Matt Hardy sent to Bray Wyatt tweeted out to Matt Hardy, you know where to find us. Okay? That was a tweet from, I believe, a couple of months ago. And then Matt Hardy responds to that tweet by saying, I certainly do champions of Mick Mahan's blue show. At least I can trust my brother Nero. Sasha retweeted a tweet from the WWE that had a picture of her versus Nia Jax for this weekend at Fastlane. And the tweet said, this Sunday, hashtag the boss, Sasha Banks, will have to go one-on-one with the woman who claims to have broken her. And, and it's funny how the WB put that <laughs> in all capitals, broken. And then Sasha tweeted out to Matt, retweeting that WB uh, tweet saying, you're not at Matt Hardy and I will never be broken. And Matt Hardy tweeted back a, a gif of her, him yelling, yeah, how he always does that. <laughs> <laughs> this Monday, the Monday Raw, Night Raw after Fastlane, 
You got the New Day in the ring. They don't have anybody at WrestleMania that are quote-unquote hosts. I don't want to see them debut an oh ice cream bar. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Have the New Day out in the ring, and all of a sudden you hear the piano music playing, and out come the Broken Hardies. Oh. And there's your WrestleMania program. And you want to know the best part about that would be? This Monday, coming up on Raw, they're in Chicago. That oh my God. crowd would go absolutely insane. What was the other thing that I read about them getting the runaround with these contract negotiations? Because, I mean, it's all conjecture, of course, because it's all dirt sheet bullshit. But the Hardys and TNA had reportedly come to terms on a new deal back in December. However, they did not receive their new TNA contracts until a few weeks ago. It was noted that the contracts arrived late, likely due to the management changes in the company. While it was believed that the Hardys did not want to leave TNA due to the schedule and the creative control they had, they reportedly were not happy with getting the contracts late and some of the language in the contract. There is also rumored to be a clause that would require talents to have outside bookings approved by TNA, with TNA keeping 10% of those earnings. Oh, you know, right, right there, that probably almost shows why Mike Bennett left, because I know he does a lot of bookings outside. And maybe a lot of these guys, they want to do these outside bookings. And if TNA is going to hold these guys like, you know, like they weren't before, uh, maybe that's... That just kind of is sending, sending all these people out. So You either work for us and you can't work for Ring of Honor and you got to make a choice. It's not like that anymore. You guys are not the, the powerhouse on Spike TV anymore. It doesn't work like that. It's ridiculous. Drew Galloway right now is the current What Culture Pro Wrestling Champion. Um, that's a promotion out in England, in the, in the UK. Um, you know, taking 10% of that contract probably can you know, do some damage to his paycheck. Um, also he's, he's, you know, he does bookings with evolve. He's all over the place. So the guy to go out there and to bust his ass for other promotions, not TNA and I still have to pay TNA. It's like paying like a, like a bill every month. We always get our expectations up, but I I hope, I hope they do come back to the WWE. Uh, Definitely another run. Uh, just kind of like the Dudleys did too. Maybe another year or two, give them something, give them something to work with, especially with the younger guys. So, I hope they come back before Mania, if anything, the day after Mania, but something soon, hopefully. Uh, guys, uh, Kurt Angle, we said it's going to be at the show Friday. He's also rumored to take over as a Raw GM after Mania. There's been a lot of talk that uh, Foley's on his way out, especially a lot of the, the uh, backstage stuff they've been filming with him anyway, saying, like, you know, uh, he could get fired or this and that. They're pretty much the writing is on the wall for him, too, to exit because I believe he's going to be having hip surgery soon anyway, so... He's going to be out for a while, so I, I I think this is awesome. If Kurt Angle does take over as GM, I think that's awesome. I think they could do a lot of stuff with that, and hopefully work him into a match or two before uh, he fully fully retires. I love Kurt Angle. I cannot get enough of Kurt Angle. I remember his run on SmackDown as the GM, and just those vignettes and stuff that he would do out in the ring and backstage were absolutely hilarious. Um, but he's he's he could it could be good either way he could either be that uh that kind of jerk that he was back in the day or he could be like this hard-nosed like prick who uh, you're not going to he's not going to take any shit from anybody so i mean he's a little bit more versatile than foley is i mean foley's kind of a pushover i mean they literally said that on raw this week a bunch of people you're a pushover you're not what you used to be uh, his his only saving grace in terms of foley has been the fact that he knows how to cut those really passionate promos. The only problem is 
that's all he can do right now. And at the same time, he does it too often. And, and, and Mike, I know you've said this, where when he does it too often, it doesn't mean as much in certain situations, right? No, no. I mean, I, I love the passionate Foley promos, but there was there was like a month where it was just like every Monday was a passionate right. Foley promo. It was just too much. Nobody cares about the cheap pop anymore. I mean, th- that's what they brought him in for. The, the fans like the cheap pop. He's nowhere near as over as Daniel Bryan is on SmackDown. I feel like Angle's going to have one more match. I really do. I mean, the guy's still going on the indie scene right now. He's still taking bookings. Uh, like you said, his last booking's happening this Friday. He, he's got to have a match. I think the WB would drop the ball if they don't put him in one more match. How about Jack Swagger, uh, Kurt Angle 2.0, if you will. Uh, we the People has asked for his release from the WWE. I don't know if he's going to be wrestling anymore or what he's going to be doing or if he's going to be smoking, <laughs> hanging out or whatnot. Uh, but Swagger is gone. Former world I'll champion. Oh, God. So I listen to Chael Sonnen's podcast every week. It's called You're Welcome. And the news was broken, actually, on Chael Sonnen's podcast today. He had Jack Swagger on there. Him and Jack Swagger are actually good friends. Was that a live episode? Because I'm surprised that it came out on a podcast. I'm sure it was recorded yesterday and uploaded this morning. Um, But he, he talked to Chael, and he pretty much broke the news to Chael. About him, you know, not wanting, he wanted his release with the WWE because of the contract. You know, he thought, he thought that he was valued more than what they were going to give him. He thought he could produce more, he could do more. You know, he talked about how they would give him a push and then pull him back, how frustrating it would be. He talked about how he had that pushed in that Rusev angle, which I personally thought was a great angle. That was the last real thing he actually did on TV was that angle a couple years ago at Rusev. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys remember that. Remember that? Um, and, it, and it was the same line uh, with Mark Henry was in there. And there was yeah, a couple and then of they, guys. They pumped the brakes on it because they, meaning the brass ring, they didn't see Jack Swagger as a top guy, and that frustrated him. So when he got the opportunity, he tried to go through contract negotiations. They put their offer on the table. He threw his. They didn't match up, so he decided he wanted to go his separate ways. Um, he still plans on wrestling. You know, he, he was talking about he has dreams to wrestle in Japan. He wants to wrestle in Mexico. He wants to own his craft more. He wants to learn better. I think he, he's trying to go the route of Cody Rhodes. And sure. it's funny, I just brought that up because everybody now sees how successful and how rejuvenated Cody Rhodes is. So maybe Jack Swagger might rejuvenate himself and, and it might be the best move yeah. that he's done. It amazes me that where WWE makes a world champion. We're going to put the belt on this guy. We're going to put one of the top belts on this guy. And then they just kind of... just They don't know what to do with him anymore. I mean, if you want to make this guy your world champion for a week a month a year he's you know a top guy like you you obviously see something in him uh so just keep giving him stuff to do i mean uh why give him the world championship and then just let him fizzle down into nothing and it 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 amazes me how some of something like this could happen i mean just look at all the world champions and then look at the ones who they kind of just don't care about anymore and it's like well Why'd you even waste the time to make him a world champion if you never wanted to use him again for anything at all? So, good luck, Jack Swagger. I hope uh, hope he definitely turns some heads and does something else for him. And it's a new record, guys. Guess what happened? We What's just that? spent more time talking about Jack Swagger than he's been on TV this year. That's a fact. <laughs> Ooh, that is I'm truth. not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. At this point, 
and he's not a Cody Rhodes. He doesn't have that charisma that Cody Rhodes has. I don't think he has the ability to cut a promo the way that Cody Rhodes has. He, we, we had to bring in Zeb Coulter to be his mouthpiece because all he could do is say, we the people, you know, without sounding like Sylvester uh, the fucking cat from Looney Tunes, all right? I mean, let's be honest here. He's nowhere near the talent of a Cody Rhodes. I don't see him getting very far. The only similarity that him and Cody Rhodes has is a lisp. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but but Cody can make that work because, because oh, yeah. his dad had the same one. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, come on now, man. This, this Sylvester the Cat, we the people. <laughs> what can I, what else could we say about that? I mean, we have Marty Jannetty joining us right now in the studio. He's coming in one half of the Rockers. Uh, I can't wait to talk to him. Today is a legend in the business. He's one half of the Rockers, former IC champion, former tag team champion, and all-around great guy. Marty Janetti is here today. Uh, Marty, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, bud. Thank you for having me. And, you know, just rocking and rolling, strutting and throwing, slamming and jamming <laughs> all over the world. That's right. <laughs> now, Marty, uh, Friday, uh, fans will have the chance to meet you at Northeast Wrestling's WrestleFest in Waterbury, Connecticut on the 4th, and on the 6th for Blitzkrieg uh, over in Enfield, uh, Connecticut. Uh, you're no stranger to the Northeast, but do you have any fun memories of maybe wrestling up here? Anything that stands out for any of the fans listening? Yeah, there's a couple real good memories, but I don't think it's something we should tell here. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of partying, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, I'm still single, so yeah, there's a whole lot of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say, uh, our hometown uh, for our show is uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, a place that you frequented a lot during your time in the WWE back in the 80s. Uh, they, would yep. do, they would do a bunch of tapings here, and uh, being a wrestler, traveling all the time, uh, was it nice to come to Poughkeepsie or just uh, anywhere where you did a few tapings to be able to, to knock out a few shows? Uh, did it help with the traveling, the travel lag, if you will? Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of, because like you said, we, back then, you know, we we would do, a, I can't remember if we do one live one and two taped, but, but it was some of them, like, there was some, it might have been a Raw, when Raw first started, we'd do one live and two taped, mm-hmm. and I think we used to do a Raw or so, you know, out of Poughkeepsie, but, uh, but Poughkeepsie was, I always loved it, because besides a couple of blondes there, um, there was, there was, it was, um, it was always pretty cool. The wrestling fans there are really cool. Um, they, they love their wrestling and, you know, as a, as a wrestler, you love fans that love wrestling. That's, that's right. Not, not, the ones, not the ones that come there to heckle you. <laughs> now, <laughs> they want some too. <laughs> now, uh, the, the rockers are one of the teams that got me into pro wrestling, uh, uh, during the eighties and your look, the colors, the music, uh, everything that you guys had, uh, said that this was awesome to me. Uh, but before you were the Rockers, you were the Midnight Rockers, uh, which if yeah. we break it down to, you had uh, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, how did yeah, the everybody, everybody thought that. Everybody yeah. thought we took a little bit from each. And, and it actually kind of works out. I mean, that would be cool. Like, we got part and part. But um, <laughs> actually, actually we, we couldn't figure out. And me and Sean, uh, this was with Vern Gagne in AWA days. And he told us, you know, come up with a name. And, and, and that Vern Gagne voice, he's, Jesus Christ, you guys come up with a good name that we can put you out there and you can compete. <laughs> you know, so um, we, we, me and Sean told each other, let's go home tonight, think of a hundred different names each. You know, he, he would get a hundred, I'd get a hundred, come back tomorrow together, me and him, 
and see if we thought of any common names. Because mm-hmm. if we both thought of it, then it's like, yeah, that'd be the one. So but that- uh, but it's actually uh, it's the the Midnight Rocker thing was uh, it was it was kind of one of those things, you know, what it could say when all the stars align. Because mm-hmm. um, we were out in Vegas. Um, it, you know, we went out there every third week to do a tapings mm-hmm. and uh, TV tapings for AWA on ESPN. And they, um, one night, you know, we were the partiers. You know, we were known for that, Sean and I. And, mm-hmm. and Sean had actually not been there but a few weeks. And we were, you know, the reputation is, as being partiers. <laughs> and we was uh, thinking about the name. And uh, Kurt Henning came up with it best. When somebody had said we were we were dragging ass. We've been partying. Excuse my language. We we've been partying, you know, all week, and there was TV taping time weekend, and we were burnt. You know? <laughs> it is Vegas. You know, everybody was running to us. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Leon White at the time, which you know eventually became Van Vader. Yeah, he he was coming around to hang out with us, and and you know because he wanted to party. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was like, we were dragging ass. And he says, Jesus, and he has a high-pitched voice. <laughs> I know you guys were the partiers. Partiers, y'all don't seem like you're, you're having much fun. Kurt, Kurt Hennig said, you know what? They don't even start till midnight. <laughs> and, and, and we sat there and thought about it, like partying midnight. There's something, something should be there. Wow. And <laughs> about that time, the the brood of uh, Judas Priest song came on. Lived in after midnight, rock in till the dawn, and we all looked at each other because Kurt had just said it. We all looked at each other like, "Wow, that's written. That's it. Midnight rockets." <laughs> and that was a we used and we used that uh, song, you know, for as our entrance music too. I mean, it was perfect. That's awesome. Now, how did and the the funny thing? Let me tell you this because sure, it still sure. makes us laugh. Vern was kind of. I don't want to say out of it at the time, uh, and, I, and I love him to death. So he's not putting him down, but he, he was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. You know, the wrestling business had gone by, you know, what he knew. So, um, and we went to him with the, you know, the name. We come up and said, hey, we got the name. is Midnight Rockers. He goes, Midnight Rockers. Midnight Rockers. He had a little bit of a list. That's why. <laughs> Midnight Rockers. Just, let me think about it. Are the, are, the, are the fans, are they going to know that you're not talking about, like, you're you're rocking chairs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the whole midnight party you know, from from Midnight Express and, and the rockers from the Rock and Roll Express didn't really happen that way, even though it looks like it. But that's how it actually came came about. Wow, that's, that's, that's great. Now, how did the fans take to that? To where uh, when you guys got that name now, or more importantly, how did the boys uh, take to you? Uh, did they think maybe that you were trying to copy the names, or did anything happen? Uh, I don't know. Any, don't, uh, don't you mean the Midnight Express and, and the Rock and Roll Express? You mean them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they. I think Ricky Morton said it one time, joking around, because uh, I think me and him were chasing around the same girl one night, and he turned and said, just, that damn boy, you already stole our damn wrestling name. They going to take the girl from me. But he was joking. You know, we were good friends. But, um, you know, I'm sure, well, at least we know he thought about it, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, Robert never said nothing. And then uh, the Midnight Express, they probably didn't give a damn if we did or didn't. <laughs> they were so laid back and easy going, man. Sure. And, but, but that's, you know, that's that. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, you guys broke the mold for tag teams, I believe. Uh, you know, just they're high-flying spots. Uh, and at that time, when you broke into WWE, too, they didn't really have that much much of that going, I don't I don't believe. Uh, did others take well to you guys coming in with, you know, the kind of stuff that you were doing as far as the, all those high-flying spots? Well, they, you know, when we first come in, uh, and again, I ain't talking to somebody down, just, you know, just telling it like it is. Um, you know, Sean was, was younger and a lot, you know, kind of cocky. So a lot of the guys when we first went in WWF at the time, um, were kind of thinking, you know, it's, it's never, you know, I'll give you an example of what I was going to say. It's always a team. It's never one. It's just like if the, if we get one of us, if Sean gets pinned or I get pinned in a match, it's said that the Rockers got beat. They don't, they don't say, you know, who got beat. Mm. So if one of them's an asshole and arrogant, it's like the Rockers are asshole and arrogant. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when we were coming through, it was like, oh, they're arrogant young punks. And we were kind of young, you know, for being mm-hmm. in WWF back then. Mm-hmm. You know, now they got every damn body in there under 21. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, um, and as far as the high-flying stuff, and, and, and yeah, I don't think there was too much of that around, at least not in the, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had gone to Japan in my first year, my rookie year in the business, thanks to Harley Race. You know, Harley Race thought a lot of me, and he come, he come up and said, Hey, kid. I'm going to take you to Japan with me. What do you think of that? <laughs> and, and I was like, great, hell yeah, great. And, but so when I was over there, yeah, I saw a lot of, boy, they were doing stuff, the Japanese wrestlers. I was like, holy shit. Now, I was in there with a notebook, you know, taking notes. Like, I don't know what he did there. He did a twist and flip. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to write that. Or, or some spots they would do was just like unbelievable. Sure. Um, they they might go to the point sort sort of like the uh, Lucha Libre does is, and I think I mean it's just my own opinion <laughs> that they do too much. Yeah. I, I've always you know I do seminars and I always you know tell the you know, kids there like if you watch one of those matches and take one or two things out and then put that into a match at the right spot mm-hmm. and you'll get more than all those. So it's just like somebody throws fifty punches. <laughs> You know, it's shit. That's about thirty. They don't mean nothing no more. You know? Sure. <laughs> well, I also I want to bring up too. Uh, in 1990, the Rockers beat the Hart Foundation for the WWE Tag Team uh, Championships, but it, it never aired. Uh, whether you know there were several factors in it. One being that the rope popped off. But was this well, something that, that... Was the one we were told? That was that was the one we were told. You know, uh, I actually kind of got. I think I've gotten. Sean and I both think we know the real reason. Yeah. But uh, we look with the events that call and, and say if NBC is decided they don't want to air that because it's just not good TV for a rope to be broken. <laughs> and, you know, okay, that that, that could work. <laughs> but the truth is, somebody, we got we got blamed. There was, uh, like, the, the day after we got the belts, mm-hmm. We were down in Texas uh, uh, doing a show, and some dude came on the airplane being a real asshole. I mean, he really was. It, it, everybody couldn't, you know, he was drunk and loud and all that shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, the, the short end of the story is somebody shit in a napkin and put it down behind his seat, and, you know, he scrubbed it all on his back, and we found out he got mad and threatening to kill everybody on the plane, and they arrested him. All the wrestlers, anyway, because it's the guys that were mouthing back at him. <laughs> And so, uh, all, you know, when they got when we landed, they, they actually asked Paul Roma, if you remember him from the Young Stallions, mm-hmm. Paul Roma, um, 
you hate, you know, it's a federal offense to be making threats with a gun. So we'll arrest him, but we just, you know, if you want to have him arrested. Paul wasn't like, nah, hell no. If he's got a gun, yeah, go ahead. But now nah, he's just, he's just grunting talking. Mm-hmm. When they went and checked the, um, you know, the baggage claim, because he kept saying, I got a gun underneath the plane. Mm-hmm. Nine bullets. I got me a nine millimeter. Nine bullets going to kill me nine wrestlers. He kept saying that shit. He was scaring the hell out of everybody on the plane with that. Jeez. And uh, when he went and checked his baggage, he had a, a loaded nine, and oh. he didn't claim it. Evidently, you know, if you can do that, but it ain't supposed to be uh, 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 loaded. I think it's supposed to be unloaded or whatever. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't lying on that. So they put him in jail, and then that night, uh, George Steele, God rest his soul, he came up and said, <laughs> this is in the dressing room. Christ, we're going to pull him. He goes, I'll tell you real quick, if you hear a pop, 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 drop down. <laughs> and, and we're like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, they're going airplane to today that y'all messed with. He's a, he is an escaped prisoner, and he's the leader of a gang here in Corpus Christi. Oh. <laughs> they'll probably be here tonight. Because <laughs> they put him, that guy didn't put him in jail, found out he, had this, he was an escape beat. Yeah. He was... <laughs> Yeah, he was like in the top ten most wanted. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know his biker game <laughs> was certainly going to be upsetting. Well, you know that shit got back to Vince. Uh, it's just funny how like two days later on a Monday when Vince is back at work, he calls me because I did all the business shit back then. He calls me, <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, uh, "Well, we're going to have to take the belts back, Marty. Uh, the rope broke. <laughs> NBC don't want." And I'm sitting there going, boy, damn shit. <laughs> oh, well, it's just like, I mean, that's that's something that really just doesn't happen all the time. I mean, granted, it wasn't on TV, and it's not like it is today with you know the internet and all that to where everybody could found out that, hey, the Rockers won tonight, and that it was a lot of public knowledge. But, I mean, still, just not even to even just have you wrestle again just to lose it or something. But, uh, well, that, then, that, then, how did that really make you feel? That had a, that, I don't know, that had to really piss you off, right? Well, did I mean, then came the rumor that, the, that they took it back because Anvil renegotiated a contract. That, you know, and, and a lot of times when somebody's leaving, yeah. you know, those people, of course, got to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, his Anvil was leaving. But then we heard it, he decided no and renegotiated and was staying, and they wanted the belts back. It was the only way he would stay. Now, that part, I don't know. Me and Anvil are pretty good friends. And he's never told me. I've never really asked because I, I thought that was just a load of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was the other you know story besides the rope breaking. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I still go with what happened on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> now, uh, I, I know it's been asked to death, but I got to bring it up. Uh, the barbershop <laughs> window incident. What was your reaction when they told you the plans of uh, breaking up the rockers and when they pitched to you that, hey, you're probably going to be going through the window. Uh, was was it a shock, or did you see the writing on the wall that they want to split no, you up? Because it wasn't a shock at all because what they, what actually happens in, in that case is we're you know taken in, sit down with Vince, and told you know we'll split you guys up, and uh, you know we'll figure out a way to do it. And, and Sean and I both had already planned on some stuff because mm-hmm. back then at that time. I, I didn't plan on being in the business for 500 years like I've been. Sure. <laughs> I was thinking for a few years. Plus, he wanted to go on and do singles. Mm. So, you know, so we were we talked about like when we do, let's have you know, let's have something really nice put together. And uh, but there, and there was a there was a hotel fight, you know, a real fight that, that uh, happened. 
that um, made Sean want to go ahead and, <laughs> and break away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so right after that is when, kind of shortly after that, I should say, uh, is when, you know, Vince, there was actually one other thing that was, uh, I won't even say it here, but it was pretty shitty of Sean what he did, mm-hmm. how he did it. I love him to death. I, I mean, I'm not talking to him now, but he, he knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that was the uh, thing where Vince took us in the next TV and said, you know, he wanted to split us up. And uh, he wanted uh, Sean to, we were trying to shoot Sean the superstar, so would I mind being the person to help do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Vince, I just love that. That'd make my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, but, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I was, I was all for it. Sure. And, and I did ask him, you know, afterwards after the meeting, I said, you know, I don't mind doing this at all, but usually when I've seen this happen, the person that helps the other one get over, your shit can when he's done. Is that what you're going to do with me? Because <laughs> <laughs> if that, that was the case, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't put, present it that way, you know, but I sure. just wanted, you know, and, and he said, uh, he goes, well, where you go will be up to you. I said, uh, he goes, but uh, I see superstar in Sean, and I just don't see it in you. Which you know that was that was a thing. Like I said, oh, <laughs> that stunned me. I like stop for a second, but I can see that you know in hindsight, you got charismatic Sean, sure. and you got my dumpy ass. <laughs> 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 I can tell you now. But so I just asked him. I remember asking him, "Well, you just give me a chance to prove you wrong." And he damn near hugged the hell out of me for saying that because I love that attitude. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, then, then then my pay started going down. Oh, <laughs> started <man>. way more. <laughs> Marty, man, I I could probably talk to you all day, man. I I thank you so much, though. I mean, for everybody listening out there, please come out to uh, Northeast Wrestling's WrestleFest in Waterbury, Connecticut, uh, and on the fourth and also the sixth at Blitzkrieg Pro in Enfield, Connecticut. You can meet Marty Gennetti, uh talk to him. Just don't let him walk I'll, in front I'll, of the barbershop I'll, window, I'll, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, at Bud Carson's in Allentown, um, the one in Waterbury's going to be great. Man, Ryback's going to be there. Kurt Angle, Godfather, Jerry Lewis. I mean Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> and great colleagues. Yeah, this will be great to see all the friends there. Definitely. If, if, if you all can't, if they can't remember, everybody listen. Uh, you hit me up on Facebook. Uh, it's at it's at one Marty Gennady Facebook or however it works. But hit me up there. You hit me up anyways just to talk talk smack if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marty, but, we, yeah, get up with me. Hey, I appreciate it, Steve. I appreciate everything. Yes, thank you so yeah. much. It's been an honor talking to you. We wish you nothing but the best, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you down the line. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Today's show is brought to you by... This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me, and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message, especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. Search by category or genre. 
buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way, raise money for their charities, and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. Celebrity Video Messages and Another Wrestling Podcast team up. Be sure to head on over to CelebVM.com slash AWP. Promo of the Week. Your word to the bosses, to the higher-ups, is gospel here. You're at the top of the mountain in the WWE, and it's not because you're good. It's because you manipulate every single person that comes in your way. And then there I am, working 10 times as hard, 10 times more talented, and trying to do all I can, and all I become is the other guy? People are starting to see exactly who you really are, and you're a hypocrite. Don't believe me? This guy went toe-to-toe with The Rock. And you read him the riot act about going off to Hollywood and doing Hollywood things while John Cena was here. Mr. Hustle, loyalty, respect, never give up. You walked, talked, you bleated, you did everything WWE. Until John Cena got that phone call from Hollywood. Then a weekend turned into a month, a month turned into six months, and now, We can't see you, John. And what infuriated me the most is you took my moment to become WWE Champion at the Elimination Chamber. Then a week later, you took my opportunity to challenge the WWE Champion at WrestleMania in a battle royal. So you wonder why I came back and threw you out? Because I wanted you to feel what I felt for 10 years. If I was really this black arts manipulator, pulling all the strings this close to WrestleMania, you think I would be standing in a ring, toe to toe, face to face with you? (laughs) Hell no, I'd be standing face to face with The Undertaker. Every single person in this building and watching at home knows exactly who I am. Who the hell are you? You're a dude named Mike who shortened his last name on the real world, tried to bootleg The Rock's electricity to get put on the WWE. When you got here, you straight up stole Chris Jericho's personality. You stole Ric Flair's figure four leg lock. You stole Daniel Bryan's offense and his personality. And if you act now, I'll let all of you know that you've been reduced to stealing what AJ Styles been saying for the past six months. You're not the undertaker, but if you press me again, You a dead man. You don't leave this ring until we say you can leave 
this ring. You wish, you wish you would be half the man that my husband is, but you're not. So John Cena, tell me, you're all about respect, right? Well, respect this. Oh, oh, wow. You just made the biggest mistake of your life. <laughs> here comes Nikki Bella, the fearless one. About to be some furniture moving up in here. I don't think Marisa thought that through. You mess with my man, I'm gonna break your you hear me? Wow, it's the real couples of WWE and the heat is on! That promo on SmackDown, I'm going to break this down into two parts because that's how big it was to me. But before I go into it, I, I just want to say that that promo from both guys pretty much sold the match to me that isn't even officially announced yet. I mean, it, this match is sold more based on the promos alone more than Goldberg versus Lesnar to me. Um, I'm going to read a quote. You're a hypocrite. You criticize The Rock for leaving Hollywood, yet once that phone call comes in, we can't see you. That's a quote from The Miz. I just want to say The Miz, he pretty much spoke for every single person who's probably so frustrated with this guy, this guy meaning John Cena. They kept it so real I mean, he talked about everything, you know, him criticizing about The Rock, you know, reading the riot acts for The Rock. But then once he got the opportunity, he was gone, how he's a part timer, how he pretty much manipulates the system and manipulates everybody in the back to get his way. While The Miz is the guy who's busting his ass day in and day out, going out there, reevaluate, sorry, rejuvenating the Intercontinental title putting asses in seats, even though you don't want to agree if he does or not, I think he does. And then Cena comes in and he's granted a title match at the Royal Rumble because he's John Cena. Um, I I thought that promo was excellent by The Miz. Before we get into Cena's part of the promo, I I want to hear you guys' reaction about The Miz first. I I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, you know he's been doing incredible work all year long. Uh, The Miz definitely turned it up in 2016 to 2017. You know, uh, just being different, more different than what he ever has been. He definitely turned up that Hollywood status, uh, especially getting his wife uh, involved. You know, The Miz has been great on the mic. I think he's always been a great heel. You know, he rejuvenated his career, and and, and the addition of Maurice to his character has been great. But let's not discount his in-ring work. Over the years, he's consistently gotten better and better and better in the ring. And and that's why I, I agree with the fact that he's there week in, week out, putting asses in seats and you don't have to be a fan of the Miz, but you can hate him, but you're hating him for the right reasons. You're hating him because he's a great character and he's a great worker, whether you want to admit it or not. That's all I have to say about it. I I think the Miz is just amazing on the mic. I I really do. Um, The promos that he spits. Let me ask you guys this question real quick before I get into Cena. Um, Do you think the stuff that the Miz said 
was pretty much a lot of the feelings from people backstage. Like he's speaking for the guys. Yeah, it's it's definitely a slap in his face uh, for Cena's face too because. Cena was doing this with The Rock a few years ago, calling him that he's never there, he's never doing anything, and Cena pretty much turned into The Rock in a few years, so uh, definitely calling out those things to what he's doing, you know, definitely, you know, showing uh, that he could do whatever he wants in a way, uh, it's nice, I think Cena understands that, and I think they kind of went with that, uh, just to just to bring it up, I mean, even Cena brought up on facing The Undertaker in his little speech, but... You know, uh, I think it's great. I think you got to use what's happening, what people are talking about, and that's uh, that's going to cause the, the the great reactions from us and the marks out there. All right, so just when you thought The Miz had that mic drop, Cena gets on the mic, and I'm going to read a quote that stood out to me from Cena. You're not The Undertaker, but if you press me again, you're a dead man. But, but the uh, other part that's great about that promo, Mike, is is when he says, you think if I ran this place the way you think I do and manipulated everything, I would want to be in the ring with you? I would want to be in the ring with The Undertaker. Absolutely. That's another part where, where Cena just – it's just like to go head-to-head with Cena, you better bring your A game because f- – he just comes out of nowhere. That guy is like a Mike wizard. He knows what to say, when to say it. I mean, the stuff that he he called out, Jared, or I'm sorry, the stuff that he called out the Miz on, like he said he was an imitation of Chris Jericho who didn't have an identity as if he had an identity crisis. He said, you're a dude trying to dress like a dude, trying to be a dude, yet you're not that dude. And that, like he just literally ripped the Miz apart on the mic. I'm gonna. I gotta disagree with you on this. I do. Okay. Because okay. the 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 one thing that John Cena says is that you know, uh, I I disagree with him stealing Jericho's, um, personality. I disagree with that. I disagree with him saying, "Oh, you stole the figure four. That was bestowed on him by Ric Flair. Okay, but I do gotta and say, then the other thing, and then Jericho. The- 2008 Jericho. Uh, whatever. Like the Miz. Okay. And then the All Miz right. came and did that. The, the point that I want to make is that he says that you've been saying the same thing that everybody's been saying for the last 10 years and that AJ Styles has been saying for the past six months. Guess what, John? And every promo that he's saying, when, when, when a guy supposedly says the same thing that everyone's been saying for this amount of time, that's what he says. So he's basically repeating the same promo he used on AJ Styles. And before that, who was the, who was the flavor of the month that uh, had to put John over, who got big all, all of a sudden and then had to do the job? Oh, you're just, CM Punk is another one. Oh, you know, it's the same rebuttal over and over from John. It does not impress me that because you pick out a few flaws about someone's personality, it, it don't mean anything. When you've been literally saying the same rebuttal for 10 years plus. So get off your high horse. That does not impress me in any way, yeah. shape, or form. And you know what? That's argumentative. That, I, I mean, I could agree to, to in a certain extent with that too. But at the same time, it was still a great rebuttal in my opinion. I I thought like it just felt so real. Like this, the Miz threw out some jabs and Cena came back and threw out some other jabs. So, I mean, the promo exchange between these two was great now part with maurice wasn't really that good um she kind of was kind of I, I don't know i didn't really i didn't really feel anything but then when nikki bella comes out i mean that was kind of like a moment like you're like oh shit and then when she came out and said you mess with my man i'm a break you bitch 
that was some thugged out ghetto shit right there. <laughs> and, but that did give me a little bit of a chubby. I'm not gonna lie. That I mean, was actually good. You know, yeah. it's the first time that you know that these or Cena and Nikki are being seen on TV as a couple. Uh, we've seen them on Total Divas, Total Bellas, you know, together, but they never really acknowledged it live on TV. And with that kiss too, that was like the first time that you know they become this power couple, the new Macho Man and Elizabeth, if you will. This is, I don't know, I think they could definitely make money off of this uh, working together because Nikki doesn't have Brie anymore. So if they kind of work together, they could probably make money out of this. But it's not going to be long lived. And guys, out of this match, this is a this is going to be a WrestleMania match. Cena's not going to be sticking around after Mania. He's going to be filming some stuff. Uh, Out of these promo that you saw on Friday, does this hype you up, pump you up for their match at Mania? And who's who's walking out as the the winner of this match? Is there going to be any stipulations to this, or just a mixed tag? There's got to be, and this is the thing where where I somewhat agree with Cena on. Uh, It should be him versus the Undertaker because after WrestleMania, Undertaker's gone, and so is Cena. And, and you damn well know that the Miz is going to have to do the job to to Super Cena. And where does that leave him while while John is off filming another movie or doing whatever it is he's going to be doing? I think it's bullshit. I think it should be Cena versus the Undertaker because they're both going to be gone the very next day. You know, I was I wasn't a fan about this match when I first heard about it. I thought it was a waste of Cena. But I'm going to be completely real with you. That promo on SmackDown, it, it really did sell me on it. It, it made me interested. Uh, it Just the verbal jabs they had going back and forth really bought me into it. Now, I, I've heard rumors that this is going to be... Now, now granted, these are rumors. And they're in, the interweb loves to speak about everything. <laughs> um, support, apparently... John Cena is supposed to propose to Nikki Bella after the match. I, I don't know how much how much accuracy there is to that, but what do you guys feel about that? Uh, I, if anything, I feel like it's uh, just for TV. I think Cena is very strict on not getting married again after his first wife pretty much took uh, his, uh, tried suing him for everything he had and all that other stuff. Uh, I do not see... Cena getting married. I don't see. You know, he said it a lot of times on Total Bellas and this and that, and that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be married. So, if they do do it, I think it's just going to be for show. And if if anything, that's going to be fucked up at the same time. But I don't know. I mean, they they, they can make money off it. If they can make money off it, I guess he's going to get married. But you know that prenup's going to get signed. Uh, yeah, but he's already signed many contracts already, man. He's a smart man. I wish I could just every girl that I hook up with, I just want to have them sign contracts all the time. Just just like confidentially the confidentiality agreement there, you know. Yeah, you can't tell everybody how small your penis is. Yeah, we know. Exactly. Yeah, why not? Just throw it out there. I'll sue the shit out of him if they <laughs> I hope he does like propose at a uh, mania cuz that'll be the perfect opportunity. Because I'll be eating a lot of pizza that day, so it'll be a great opportunity for me to get up and take a shit, because I really don't care. I feel like it'll be that Macho Man Miss Elizabeth moment. Elizabeth. (laughs) Elizabeth. uh, Will you marry me? All right, let's let's get into the the must-see matches, which is very difficult this week. Because last week we had a plethora of, of great matches to choose from. Where this week, uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, let, let's let's talk numbers. Raw had the most amount of matches 
of any show. Okay, they had eight matches. Most of them were squashes, but technically they were matches. SmackDown literally only had three matches. It was a great show, but it only had three matches. Hmm. 205 Live as an hour show only had two matches. And NXT had three matches. That's unacceptable to me. I, I, I want to have more matches and better quality matches for this goddamn segment. So let's let's pick the the, the must-see matches uh, of the... Uh, no, exactly, because it's so bad. I can't even call it the must-see matches because these are just like the somewhat decent matches of the week. <laughs> I guess go. we could call it. New yeah. segment. <laughs> yes, yes, there we go. Every day I'm rebranding. This shit is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Credo. Oh, God. All right, so for Raw, I picked uh, Joe versus Cesaro, though I could have went with the ladies' tag match. With Nia Jax and Charlotte versus uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I love Nia Jax. I'm a bit of a chubby chaser. It's fantastic. Uh, SmackDown, I picked the Becky Lynch, Mickey James, two out of three falls match. Pretty decent match. Enjoy that. 205 Live. Out of the two matches, it's a 50 50. Take your pick. The six, I picked a six man tag with Nice, Kulak, Davari versus Perkins, Mustafa Ali, and Cedric Alexander. I don't even think. You want to know what the other match is because it was that pointless. In <laughs> uh, NXT, you had to go DIY. Authors of Pain. Unfortunately, another bullshit finish. We don't get a legit winner. Mike, please tell me something better happens. I'll tell you something right now. That match, the crowd was into it. I mean, I was there live. The best thing about it, that was the last match of the night for the tapings. I mean, we're there for a good three and a half hours and the crowd was still electric they were awake they were wired the, the authors of pain actually looked pretty good in that match they weren't bad yeah, yeah. it was a pretty decent no match. they were not not bad at all but the biggest reaction was when the revival when the revival came out the crowd they love the revival full sail loves the revival it didn't. It doesn't translate. No, I was just going to say that too. It does not translate well because you said the same thing when they came out uh, the, from a few weeks ago, and it just did not translate well. When I watched it, I was like, "Wow, yeah, it does not." And same thing, I figured you know the crowd would have popped when the revival came out. You could tell that they did, but it's it's almost as if you know they toned it down somehow. They cut the the the, the volume or something. I have no idea. Because they it looks like they're the, more excited than they really were. Oh yes, yeah. they they cut the volume. They had to have because they're the heels, obviously. But they were the revival was the most over for those tapings. Like I mean, they were the crowd was singing along to their song when the revival hit the shatter machine on Razor or t- whatever. Which That's one, a big dude, man. That place exploded. I felt like I was at WrestleMania 20 when Benoit had Triple H and Triple H tapped. That's what it sounded like. That that little ass full sail when that shatter machine was hit. Where we are on the road to WrestleMania, and I have some gripes with this match because I, it's confusing. It's confusing, and we I think we just need to talk about it. Uh, AJ Styles, the number one contender match on SmackDown. Yes, he, he, he won, but he won twice. He won one set of this finish, and McMahon uh, Shane started it over again, and then he won again. Uh, Shane AJ is the new number one contender for the match, uh, for the championship on on SmackDown. But 
as you saw, Orton did stuff, uh, you know, burn down the Wyatt compound and all that stuff. But he also said that he wants Bray Wyatt. All right, what is going to happen? Because this is, you know, how many matches does AJ need to to win for this number one contendership? Uh, we all know where it's leading. Everybody's saying it's something with Shane versus AJ and Orton versus Bray. But come on, I mean, after that match, he won twice. Granted, however you won, you won, but. He's the number one contender. Are you going to tell me the number one contender is going against Shane McMahon? They ha- uh, Please throw AJ Styles into this championship match at Mania. Or, uh, I have no idea how they're going to book it or what they're going to do, but I feel that it's going to be a damn waste having one of your best talents go against Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody cares about Shane McMahon in the ring anymore. When, when you watch that match between him and Undertaker, yeah, okay, it was great. We got the whole nostalgia thing. He, you know, he, he did his ridiculous stunt that was pointless that he almost died from. And should have been the end, right? Move on. <laughs> that yeah, that should have been the swan song. And, and then exactly. leave. Exactly. But okay, you don't yeah. care about the rabbit punches. You don't, you don't care about the rabbit punches. <laughs> no, I don't care anymore. Because because yeah, I do care because it's obvious by the looks of those rabbit punches that it's over for him. Oh That's the God, point. It's, it's so over. bad. The, the, oh, I know. The only way I can be happy with this is if if they say, "Hey, I'll fight you at Mania," where there's something with Shane McMahon, and then I'm just gonna you're gonna get the biggest groan out of everybody. But uh, if they do that, but then something happens to where Daniel Bryan saying, "Hey, you can't compete." And then, you know, something happens with AJ, but then Shane McMahon picks somebody for him to wrestle at Mania, and we don't know who it is to where AJ has to go against a mystery guy, and that mystery guy is like Nakamura. That's the only exception I'll take where they they work Shane McMahon into the storyline, because if I have to see a Shane McMahon go against the, the probably the best wrestler they have... I'm going to lose my mind. I, I'm, I'm totally going to lose my mind. Somebody who has held the championship for six months... You're going to put him against Shane McMahon? No. no. I would rather see AJ Styles up against Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title than Shane McMahon. I, I, you know what? No, wait, wait. wait. Let, me, let me take that back. I would rather see AJ Styles fist fuck Alicia Fox in the ass than watch him wrestle Shane McMahon. I don't, I don't want this. I can't. <laughs> I, w- I want to know. Uh, I want to know how they're going to get themselves out of this hole because they wrote them. They wrote themselves in a hole right now. How do you take AJ Styles out of the equation after he won it fair and square? Like, yeah. like you, you're looking at your authority on SmackDown, which is Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, which are faces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if this if this was like Stephanie McMahon, she'll find a way mm. to you know take that opportunity away. But it's roles are reverse. It's your your heel that is rightfully earned the spot to be the number one contender, and you got your faces, which are probably going to rob him somehow. Because that's the only way I see them getting out of this, or yeah. unless you know, because you know, they're setting great examples for kids right now, saying arson's okay because Randy Orton <laughs> goes down and burns down a shed. There right? you go. So maybe he might be in jail. You never know, and can't make it to Mania. Man, uh, I, <laughs> who knows? I know the the road to WrestleMania is, is just a few weeks away, guys. And hopefully, when we kind of have something more solid about what's going to happen, we can talk about it. But well, wait a minute, there, there is two outs for this. My outs, Nakamura. Outs that's this. the only out that I want. But yeah, what, what do you well, got? Y- well, what you could do is you, you could give him a title shot prior to WrestleMania, and, and that gets you out of it. Okay. 
That's one way. The other way is, do you remember when both Bret Hart and Lex Luger won the Royal Rumble? Yeah. You had Bret versus Owen, and then you had uh, Lex versus Yoko, and whoever won that match had to face Bret afterwards. So I see if, you, if, if you wanted to do this, you could either do a triple threat with with the three of them, or you could do Orton versus Bray. The winner has to face AJ Styles, who has to have a match with Shane McMahon first. Boom. Everybody's happy. You know, I, I would be okay with that, I honestly. Would I mean, you open up the show with AJ versus Shane, and then you just have the Orton versus Wyatt sometime, like mid-show, and then... You have AJ versus the winner of Orton versus Bray at the end of the show. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Hold on. The second to last match because you got the Goldberg. Well, it's it's the road, man. There's a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are shaking up. We only have a few weeks to go. You know, every week uh, or every other week or every two weeks, but it seems like we're doing a pay-per-view uh, preview, if you will. So let's change it up this week a little bit. It's fast lane, so what better to uh, preview a show as fast as we can? Because it is fast lane, if you will. So give me the fastest preview for this match you can. I'll call you guys out for each match, and uh, let's see how this goes, right? For fast lane, here we go. All right, first up, uh, Minority Mike. Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa versus the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. The kickoff match. Purple ropes, and I, I see Rich Swan <laughs> and Tozawa winning. All right, as fast as you can. That's great. All right, here we go. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax, Angry Cooter. Fat bitch versus Midget. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I, I take that back. I love Nia Jax. I really do. Uh, I, I see her winning this match. Uh, I go... Uh, Number one contender match. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I see Nia Jax winning. All right. So the Raw Tag Team Champions, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Minority Mike. Sweet and soft. That's two words. Um, I got the club winning. All right. Uh, the Cruiserweight Champion, Neville versus Jack Gallagher. Angry Cooter. The King goes back to his throne. I got to give this one to Neville. He's been doing a great job in the cruiserweight division. All right, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, Minority Mike. Braun! I, I don't see this any winner. I see this as like a double count out or like no contest. All right. Uh, Keep Sa- both guys strong. All right. Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe, AK. Possible card stealer. I'm going with Samoa Joe. But I, I think this could steal the show. This is going to be a really good match. When you talk about that, you got to say the word respect. You got to put respect <laughs> on the name. All right, uh, Raw Women's Champion Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. Minority Mike. Uh, Charlotte Flair, natural selection. Mm. All right, guys. All three of us. I'm going to start it off. The Universal Championship match: Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. Fuck. Please, please, <laughs> please, Kevin Owens. That's all I have to say. 
I, I can't give you one word on this match. I could go all day on this match. Just, just thinking about this match gets me so fucking hot and so pissed off and frustrated as a wrestling fan. Oh my god, I don't understand the booking with this match. I'm sorry that I'm rambling right now, but I just go, I just get so angry. The thought that Kevin Owens is hey, going hey, to hey, that's that my belt. job to get angry. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, it's gimmick infringement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm stealing your gimmick of being so angry, but this this aggravates the hell out of me. I hope they find a way to keep that belt on Owens. Goldberg versus Lesnar, they don't need the belt. Neither guy's going to be there after the day after WrestleMania. I don't want to see either of them for the belt. It pisses me off. I'm going to stop before I continue going. WrestleMania card killer. That's that's what I think of this match when, when it comes to mind. I, I need Kevin Owens to win this because the way that this card is starting to shape... The one bright spot for me would be Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the Universal Championship. I just hope that's what we get because everything else just seems to be being booked half-assed backwards and all the not necessary shit is piling up in front of us and I just want to move the said pile of shit out of the way. So I can enjoy the one little match that I want to see. It's not too much I, to ask, is it? <laughs> uh, no, it's not. I, I want Owens to win. I, I got to say, when that Omega versus Okada match happened and the WWE was talking about how they want to put together a title match that's going to steal the show just like that, I didn't think they would throw out Goldberg and Lesnar. <laughs> oh. I, didn't think that, I didn't think that was their idea of Okada Omega. Like... Is, is that really what Vince thinks? If you're going to do that, it has to be Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and this could be a really, really good match. And, and this could be Chris Jericho's swan song. This could be goodbye, Chris Jericho. You know, he comes back for for, for this match, and, and that could be it. I mean, this I, could I, be the greatest match that he's ever been in, and he's so hot right now. What a way it would be to end it on this note. I really I, feel that way. I, I want to say... Kevin Owens going into WrestleMania as your Universal Champion adds so much more to the personal rivalry they have. If it's the United States title that's representing that match, it really devalues that match for me. I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like that match yeah. needs Universal title. Yeah, we said that last time, and that's the thing. If you take that belt off of Owens, you got to take it off of Jericho too, because then you're at least you're in a situation where. This match, these guys had nothing left to lose, so it's for pride. And that's it, guys. This is the last match, to, uh, the last pay-per-view uh, or network special, whatever you want to call it, before Mania. And some of these guys on this card might not even see WrestleMania. Keep that as a fact, because you know how these cards get put together. Somebody's going to get left off, so... Uh, this is probably the last time we'll see some guys until after WrestleMania as far as uh, pay-per-view goes. Oh, please. We'll see them in the, the Battle Royal. I mean, come on. Everybody needs a paycheck. <laughs> we need a couple of scrubs in the Battle Royal. I mean, if we could put Shaquille O'Neal in a Battle Royal, we can easily find a spot for the Shining Stars. I mean, really. <laughs> On that note, uh, guys, girls, everybody, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Please check it out for all the links. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us. Let us know you're out there. Survive. 
while we're on that road, let's get into a one big match that's pretty much happening in Stone. They pretty much set forth the road on Monday. So Triple H versus Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth is still, you know, playing up that injured gimmick. Uh, I don't know. We don't know technically how injured he is. Does he really need a brace or does he need crutches or whatnot? Or is it just, you know, milking the system a little bit? But, I mean, Mike, we talked about it too, that kind of injury that he had a few weeks ago. You know, it's it's legit. You got to kind of be out for a few weeks. And I don't know. Do you think he's 100%, 90%, 80%? I don't know. Like, how, how do you think he is as far as that injury goes? And do you think uh, this match is going to go off as planned? I think the promo on Raw was too kayfabe for me. It was a great promo, don't get me wrong, but I felt like it was just too kayfabe, especially when Triple H came out. I mean, the second Triple H came out, I knew Rollins is good to go. I think he might not be 100%, but there's ways that they can actually do this match and and keep Rollins safe. I I think he's not 100% now. I think he'll be good to go at Mania, though. I, I gotta stick with my guns like I did like from what I said last week, man. If he's not a hundred percent, I don't wanna see the match. I, I can't. I, I I I want the payoff for for this long build to be good. I don't want it half assed. I wanna see the best triple H versus a the, the best healthy Seth Rollins because I think that that would be probably an all time great match. I really feel that way. And if we get some all right, uh, injury angle, and, and we have to keep Seth Rollins grounded throughout the match, just keep him safe, that I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And what 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 do we do with Samoa Joe in, in, in this whole thing? Where does he even fit in? I, I'm, I, again, I, I'm, I'm putting the fucking carriage in front of the horse on this one again, and well, I got to be patient because I've been saying – you know, I want to give it a chance. I want to give it a chance. Every storyline, I want to give it a chance. <laughs> but, it, you know, we're getting closer and closer, and, and I don't see anything forming. Now I'm getting a little nervous. So, Well, here, here's my qualm about it. I mean, on, on Monday, they had him say that he will be at WrestleMania. I don't think if he if they didn't believe he wasn't ready to go, he wouldn't be out there promising he's going to be at WrestleMania. That would, that would just be dumb on their part. I mean, it's not like the WWE has done dumb things before. I say that very sarcastically, by the way. But, yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't think for a WrestleMania card they would do that. Now, now, granted, there are ways that you can get around this match. I mean, I mean, like you said, um, you don't want to see him grounded. I mean, Triple H can work that knee in the beginning of the match and keep him grounded. Now, granted, it's WrestleMania. You want to see Rollins go crazy. But, I mean, if that's the way they're going to go to keep him safe, I mean, yeah, you know, it, I have mixed reactions about that. But there was also a suggestion someone made to me that, you have Triple H, you have Samoa Joe. They're like a like a, a tandem together right now. I mean, they could one day just, you know, do that same thing they did on Raw, and the next thing you know, the lights go out and you hear Finn Balor's music and you have two guys that, you know, share something common. They battled for mm. the for the for the title at SummerSlam and they're going to, you know, join up and then battle Triple H and Samoa Joe. You could put them in a tag match. I mean, that's not what I want to see, but if it's going to keep Rollins safe, by all means, do it. You could still have the match. You need Rollins on that card, pretty much. I mean, Rollins yeah. is a big name. You you need him on that card in some way or form. But but guys, how about this? I mean, uh, Triple H has kind of been putting over guys over the you know the past few years. Uh, but 
Well, not really. I mean, he beat Sting and he beat <laughs> Brock Lesnar. But other than that, I mean, he put Daniel Bryan over a young huge. rookie Sting. <laughs> well, a young rookie Sting <laughs> made his WrestleMania debut. We put him over. Yeah. How about this though? It's is this does this have to be Triple H's last WrestleMania? When's he going to take that back seat and kind of direct the company like he should be? I mean, it's a ten-hour show. I mean, we <laughs> we need Triple H to fill that ten hours up. I mean, I mean, you got eight, eight hours goes to the Undertaker walking out. <laughs> we'll have to touch upon that later at the end of the show. Uh, that's a whole different story. But, uh, you know, but I mean, like, you know, every year it's the who's going to fight Triple H now? Who's fighting Triple H? And it's not like the Undertaker, if you will, like who's going to fight him? It's just Triple H. And now it almost seems like Triple H is just putting over all these guys and there's really no credibility behind Triple H to where, oh, Triple H beat this guy at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever, so he has a chance, and I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm getting sick of the Triple H show is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but even when he was you know more active, he did a lot of jobs at Mania. Oh, yeah, he has, I have to look it jobs. up, but he has one of the worst records at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania yeah. ever, dude. I mean, he... He jobbed to Taker how many times? He jobbed to... But yeah, I mean, he's kind of had 50-50 if we count it all up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like he's had a perfect record. Um, title matches, he is 4-5. and Because I remember a couple years ago, I like I was so curious to see like the records of guys in title matches like The Rock, Austin, HBK. I have like a list right here. It's, it's not updated. This was like, what was the date? 2015, where I had... From 2015, The Rock in title matches was 0-4. Austin was 3-0. HBK was 1-3. Triple H, 4-4, which now he's 4-5 because of the reigns. Uh, Cena, 6-2, but I think that's yeah 6-2. Hogan, 5-1. It's, it's Triple H versus Seth Rollins this year. And I don't know. I mean, does there need to be a stipulation at least for this match? Or like a loser leave town? Or could this end up being Triple H's last match? I mean, get him off camera. Maybe give him more of a, a, a higher role than Vince McMahon to book Raw. Never happens. <laughs> I know. This wishful thinking. Wishful if this thing. is a loser leave town match, then you'll, you'll see Triple H uh, debuting <laughs> on NXT. Start. <laughs> getting the shovel out down there well guys i mean i don't know what else to say about this but this is this is what we're getting at this is the road to wrestlemania uh this week was triple h for seth Rollins. uh now there's five weeks till mania starting this week uh we still we still haven't seen taker and i don't really know what else to say about that one i mean that's that's what we could leave as our our moment of zen at the end of the show uh cooter where's taker what, what's gonna happen with this guy Oh, how far away from uh, from WrestleMania are we? Because he probably just started doing his entrance now. I'll, say it five, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you where he is right now. It's it's bingo night at the at the senior citizen home. <laughs> bingo night. He's he's playing bingo right now, telling these old people they're gonna rest in peace. And waiting on that phone call, and he's gonna throw his little black leather hat on. Grannies with their little oxygen tanks on the wheels and shit. He's gonna he's start like, oh. his walk. Bingo. Bingo.